You are now listening to the High Def Performance Podcast, hosted by Mitch Harb and Zach Smith. All right. Yeah, man. Podcast number two. Hey, solid speech as well. Yeah. Crushed it, I thought. Yeah, this is probably good to uh, continue on because I kind of led people on to what was going to be happening this episode. Yeah. Intermission, uh, we had to go yeah. speak at a company. So that went well. So kind of went over some of the stuff we went over the past times that we've talked to companies uh, revolved around easy wins in, in an office setting for both nutrition, kind of wellness stuff, and then also like physical therapy stuff, what to look out to, uh, look out for and how to avoid it, which was... I thought, you know, I think we, we brought people a, a good, like, succinct 30-minute presentation on on some things that they can actually start executing on mm-hmm. the minute we left, yep. which is always my goal when I talk to people is like, hey, how can we get you going right now? Like, yeah. let's not wait till this New Year's challenge. Let's not wait till the time is right. Like, these are things you can start doing now We're and are going to, you know, right now. yeah, and then, like, it's also something that, I mean, when you think about it, they start doing these little things. If they do want to make a big change, it's going to make that leap to that big change not as as difficult. Yeah. Um, so, so that was fun. Yeah. It's no, cool. I think, I always think it just, like, at the very least, it just opens people's eyes to things, you know, and, like, like starts the conversation. Yep. You know, maybe people thought, like, I, I just, I see people think, like, there's nothing they can do about the, the setting that they're in. I work in an office, so I got to have a forward posture, you know, or my shit. Like, there's nothing out. much I can do about that. Yeah, yeah. it's like, no, oh, here it is. Yep. And now it puts it on you, yep. you know? Because I think that's most people's excuses. Uh, uh, no point in worrying about it. I'm just fucked. Yeah. Like, no, there are some things. Are you going to do them or not? <laughs> yeah, that's the big challenge. And then can you do one of them? Like, don't try to take on the whole list because that might be overwhelming and you'll quit. You've got to figure out what's right for you, and that's what we've preached over and over to people is you got to know what's right for you that you're going to be able to continue to do over and over mm-hmm. um, and not quit on it because you're like, oh, yeah, give me give me 15 exercises. Oh, I can't do 15, so I'm going to do none. And that's always people's hang-up is the all-or-none principle. Yep. And that's like all or one is kind of like our principle is like, do them all. That's fine. Or just do one. That's fine also. But yeah. don't do none. Yep. Yeah. And all or one, never none. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that. <laughs> all or one. Let's get a shirt. That would be that would be a sick shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, done. Made. Done. <laughs> yeah. Amazon. <laughs> That'll be quick. Uh, do we still want to talk about the Antonio Brown? Yeah. No. I want to get into that because. Well, we we started kind of talking about that last last episode was we were talking about his leadership quality, which you know it's not to like pound the guy into the ground. He's already kind of you know hit kicking a guy while he's down kind of thing. But it was interesting because I think you know we I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, I've been doing a lot of studying and reading some research on the effects of traumatic brain injury, especially with like CTE coming out and being a lot more uh, in the news. Uh, and people being a lot more aware of it, football players being a, a lot more aware of it. And, uh, you know, there's always that question like, hey, would you let your son play play football, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was interesting because I was reading an article. Uh, I'll cite it. I think it was Bro Bible. So it's not like a super reputable source, obviously. 
but it, it did draw some interesting comparisons because they had the timeline down. Yeah. And it's just a theory, but it's an interesting theory. Uh, and they talk about the, the hit from Vontez Burflict on Antonio Brown. Uh, what year was that? I think it was 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they say that's basically where his like his whole behavioral situation started yeah. was like if you look there's a fairly clear line which was like basically Antonio Brown uh, before and after it was like he had one thing on his resume that was like a problem where he like kicked a guy when he was on the ground it's like a minor scuffle I think that he got cited for but um, it was like I mean he had been in the league since 2010. Nothing really had happened in those whole six years. And now all of a sudden, 2017, 2018, like things just fell apart. And there were some people that kind of like theorized that it was like this hit, this head injury was a fairly major head injury that maybe he never came back from. A lot of the symptoms that he's, uh, you know, he's exhibiting are similar to CTE. You know, they talk about um, social instability memory loss impulsive behavior poor judgment all of those you know frontal lobe damage if he took a serious head injury he could be having those inhibitory problems and it's interesting because now there's a lot of doctors who are coming out with research like that like i just listened to um uh the podcast from the on it um on it not aubrey marcus but the uh kingsbury kingsbury call kingsbury podcast and they did a, the most recent one was a guy who did a brain scan on him and was basically they were going through all the stuff that could have happened. And he said, yeah, definitely like when you look at your brain scan, like some of these areas um, could have been impacted by previous um, injuries. And he was talking about his fight with Glover Teixeira where basically like he didn't get knocked out cold, but he couldn't remember the way back to the locker room oh, wow. from the fight. And he said basically – he just like he didn't want to tell anyone because he knew that like they hold you out longer if you tell the the health commissioner about that kind of thing. So he basically like sl- talked to people. He said it took him like thirty minutes to get back to the tunnel because he kept on talking to random people that he saw on the way back just so he could buy himself time to try to figure out where he was going. Jeez. And he said then he finally found the locker room, blah blah. blah. But you know once he got back to the once he got back to uh, his house or whatever, tried to sleep. He couldn't sleep for several nights. Super irritable, like a lot of problems with that stuff. And I was starting to think, I'm like, dang, man. Like if Antonio Brown, like this is all obviously just theory. This is speculation. But if he took a, a head injury and he got a brain injury to the point where it was enough of a concussion where he wasn't treated for it, he didn't do some, you know, now there's some of those recovery things out there, hyperbaric oxygen, fish oil, like things like there's like some studied stuff that helps with mild traumatic brain injury that they're finding in the research. Again, I'm not an expert on this, but these are just some of the stuff I've been reading. But it was interesting to think if he never got any treatment for that, now he's just exhibiting signs of having a problem. And now everyone's going, hey, like Antonio Brown's like this, like diva now, but yeah. it was like he didn't really have a, a, a reputation for that before. Right. He just had a reputation for being a really good wide receiver. Right. And now all of a sudden he's a diva. Like it doesn't really make sense. But sudden personality change does happen with, with brain injury, right? Like I've known people personally that have had brain injuries that now have like changed their personality. And I've worked as a physical therapist. I've worked in uh, traumatic brain injury centers and every time you talk to the family members, even with mild ones, like, yeah, they're just different, you know, very impulsive, 
like people can become impulsive or or quick to anger They're like dude this guy was never angry before ever and now he's always mad and always have an outburst of anger and it's just an interesting thought that you know i think we should examine more sometimes is like hey man if an nfl guy starts to have some like substance abuse problems some other things i'm not saying like that's like the answer like hey let's just blame it on a brain injury but also it should probably be looked at like hey like why after this major head injury like he got hit hard why after this is all this stuff start you know like right. let's trace it back because we know that people that have played in the nfl junior seau guys like that have had tremendous problems yeah. that led him to suicide right yeah. which is like and they say like when they studied his brain his brain was was like a cte like model of like what goes wrong yeah and, and they're doing brain scans now that show the deactivation of certain areas that are hit and when you have a deactivated like let's say you like him he took his shot to his frontal lobe you know maybe he had a frontal lobe injury um that's the inhibition area, you know? So. Yeah. No, nah, and, you know, hopefully he at least gets that, goes down that route. Because at the very least, there's no point in not. Yep. You know? But, no, it's true. You know, I think, uh, I, I was thinking about that too. I was like, man, I remember back in the day, like, a lot of people didn't even know who he was. You know, and then he started breaking out. But you never like heard from him. It was just like, wow, this guy's killing it. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, like, oh, this guy's a big issue. Hate, hate, hates everybody. Yeah. He's always freaking out. And and you kind of think like, oh, you know, money's going to his head type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it is crazy how these hits and these things like that, you know, they can change people, and people won't even like bat an eye at like the fact that it's not really their fault you know and and i think that's interesting like i was telling you i was reading this book and this book was it was i believe it was the happiness hypothesis that i read it in they're basically talking about how some people go through certain things and like kind of the benefits of medication in certain cases yeah. uh, because this person for example he got this injury and it was, I think it was to the frontal lobe and he was like, he was just like a regular dad, you know, worked a job, had kids. And then out of nowhere, this is an extreme case. He started like, became a serial rapist, was like raping girls, went to jail. And, uh, eventually they, uh, did some scans. I think he just was like a test subject. Yeah. Cause they're like, this is so crazy how it's going like this. Yep. Um, that eventually they found like the right medication for him. Yeah. That was able to like, you know, help him with his impulsiveness yep. and it was able to, to fix that. And, and that's the like, thing is like in the medications can be good too. And then now they're trying to find more natural ways that anyone can have access to without have, or like it's a little bit easier to access without having to prescribe something crazy, like not crazy, but something more in, intense or higher level, like a medication where you could do hyperbaric oxygen. Yeah. Or something like that is what they're trying to start to look at, which is like, hey, what supplements? What are important vitamins after a after a traumatic brain injury? What yeah. can we do to uh, improve? I think the the just the saddest part is that like you see the downward spiral, like with that guy, like out of nowhere, it wasn't like whoa, let's let's you know, obviously that happened, but it could easily been like, yeah, you're a, you're a scumbag. You were just hiding it all these years. You know, we didn't know that. 
You know, when in reality, it's like, man, he just literally just took a hit, you know, and yeah. same with Antonio Brown. Everyone hates that guy now. Well, they do. They, I mean, this this guy from from Twitter, I don't know if he came up with it, Vonte, V-O-U-N-T-E-E, he came up with this list of, of incidents that happened. And he was in the league from 2010, and there's one instance before that injury which was, uh, let's see, kicks Spencer Lanning in the face during a punt return. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. Where he was, that, that was the punter. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was like a big incident. He just like yeah tried to hurdle him and the guy didn't duck. So he yeah, yeah. Him. So that was one, but that these are that was of it. what's cited by the NFL. Oh, okay. After that, 24 incidents that this guy cites of like, problematic behaviors that oh. the NFL has like find him for some of them are like the Facebook live streaming of that Mike Tomlin speech after when he like got caught filming that uh, through through throwing a cooler on a sideline at a Ravens game uh, showing up to training camp in helicopter but like apparently things that he's been fined for I don't know that you got it got fined for that um, but like just like thing by thing by thing that hit the news after that was just like all these things. Yeah, dude. Collected over 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road in a 55. Um, Threw his furniture off a 14-story balcony, uh, almost killing a toddler. Remember it landed by that pool? He threw all that stuff off his thing. Um, All those tweets that happened in 2018. and then some of the more physical abuse stuff that you started to go through, which is interesting because like it's all very like, like the, like oh, yeah. shoving his his, uh, his girlfriend or whoever his his woman at the time, uh, his partner, and some other things like that. It's just kind of crazy. Like all the stuff that started happening is all very impulsive stuff. Right. Like driving 100 miles an hour on a 55 is a very impulsive thing, Rolling. and it's almost like. You, know, you think about the progression of how the brain is formed, and you know, men tep- typically your frontal lobe doesn't have full, like you know, they say like you know, oh, you're t- you know, late teens, like it's not all the way formed, and like that's the things that I was doing, driving 100 miles an hour on a road when I was 18 years old. But now I'd never do that, right. you know. But like I think I'm fully like matured, and maybe it's because my frontal lobe is fully, fully developed. But you could imagine if you got injured to your frontal lobe, it might kind of set you back to like that 18 year old kid. So. I think the point that I'm trying to make here with with talking about this whole thing is like you just never know what the cause of something is. I think people just go people that don't know Antonio Brown and have never looked at something like this that's such a stark contrast to something like dude, maybe something happened in his life that caused him to be this way. You can't just write him off as a bad person just because and like I'm a positive and optimistic person, so that's yeah. the way I like to think. Yeah. I don't like to think on the pessimistic side. Like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I'm like, dude, what if all of this was caused by a brain injury? Like, and it's not really his fault. That sucks. That's that sad. that like all of this has happened to him. His life's falling apart, and now everyone is hating on him pretty hard. Like hardcore, man. And like he, it's something he can't even contemplate. I mean, when you look at his behaviors though, now it's like it looks very manic. Like the things that he posts on social media from day to day, it's like one day he's like. Fuck the NFL. Yeah, like screw this, blah, blah blah. And then today he's posting that he's really sorry to the to Robert Kraft, and he wishes that you know he was just trying to be helpful to the organization. It's like very like up and down, like bipolar type stuff, man. It's like yeah, 
but you, my point is you just never know what's going on in someone else's life when they, you know, I think about that with a lot of things like with like some guy who gets pissed off at you in traffic and honks at you gets all mad. Like my thing is to, is to go the way of like being empathetic to that and being like, dude, I hope like that guy's probably having a bad day if he's mad about this. Right. You know, cause you just, or bad life. Like, yeah, man. Like I feel bad the for the person who's got to go on and leave a really r- hot review over really something minor. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, why, why would you spend your time doing that? It's like always that kind of like, I would never have the time to leave a negative comment. The only time I'd leave a negative comment is like when someone actually did a, like a real wrong, then I'm like, and I always step back and go, okay, what's the situation? Someone didn't give me my chopsticks. I'm not going to go leave them a bad review. But if someone like, did something maliciously and it was definite that it was malicious, then, you know, they was, they deserve that because, you know, that's something they did wrong. But like, I think people, you see people that leave negative reviews or like hateful comments on people's Twitter pages. Like, I just feel bad for those people because they've got such a bad life going on. That they're trying to drag someone else down for that too. Yeah. Well, and, and it's typical that in those cases that whatever they're, saying i saw someone tweet this and they were like the negative comments that people leaves are the way they talk to themselves you know so it's like you know that that's how they think of themselves and they're just like trying to like you just want to make someone else feel the same way that you do or bring Mm -hmm. someone to your level yep and and that that part is sad and and i think with antonio brown the the sad part is like you do see that you see like he doesn't understand yeah right like he tweeted that thing and then he's like i'm sorry i just get fired up like he's probably like why did i do that yeah you know? he doesn't know why he's doing it he's trying and he's like he comes to like clarity at moments but then he swings back into that mood and it's just like it's like back and forth back and forth man or even the cryo i was probably impulsive like let's just stay in here as long as it, yeah, yeah, yeah i don't need that like yeah no one regular would do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Although I think in his case, that crowd thing, he just wore his own socks in there. He was in there for 30 minutes. Oh. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Probably like, let me just be in here all day. <laughs> huh. Two minutes, man. We'll go 30. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like the the sad thing about, you know, brain injury. And, you know, you, you start to think about even guys maybe like um, – that have substance abuse problems in the NFL. These guys have taken so many hits to the head, man. Maybe they're just trying to like get through the day, solve something. And that's what Kyle Kingsbury is talking about. Is like after he got that whole thing from where he couldn't remember how to get back to the locker room after that Glover fight. Did he quit? No, he, uh, he was like, dude, how I solved it was I just did a whole bunch of cocaine and, uh, alcohol and ate a bunch of shitty food. Jeez, yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, you know, I probably, that's probably the opposite of like the brain healing thing. Like after a fight, you should be like going back and doing hyperbaric oxygen and taking all your supplements and eating a super healthy meal and staying hydrated and getting a ton of sleep to try to recover from that. Yeah. But like the guys are not, you know, all these fights are out in Vegas, you know, they're going out after the fight. If they take a bunch of blows to the head, like, dude, I think about like, I, man, I've been hitting the head a couple of times where I'm like. Damn, I got hit in this head. My head, my head is pounding. Yeah, I can't imagine just like that all the time. Like you're just getting beat. Like it's got to have some damage to it, man. It's just like your knee. If you just go and do a bunch of like things that are super hard on your knee, 
It's going to get damaged just like your head, man. Your head's going to get damaged if it takes a beating. Like your head is not meant to take punches. Repeatedly, at least. Right. You know? Yeah. I think we were designed to fight a little bit, fight to the death, but a lot of people didn't recover from fights back in the day. You know, it's like planning. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Fight for money. Yeah. Yeah, It wasn't happening that often. Uh, That, you know, I always wonder about like, like you're bringing up some newer stuff they're talking about to recover. You know, I wonder if that's how it's going to get to is like now NFL players and fighters, like their recovery process is going to be like brain focused. You know, whereas it's so much right now, like getting their legs right and all that. I wonder if there's going to be that added element to it where it's like, hey, man, we got (laughs) to recover that that brain. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that should be something that the NFL should probably start to look into. I mean, the NFL was denying the fact that CT existed for a long time because they didn't want to have to have the liability of it, which is that's messed up. The part of that, you know, it's like. Just like the tobacco companies trying to deny the fact that it was causing cancer. You know, no one wants to be on the hook for that big, huge medical bill or that health problem. Right. But now that the cat's out of the bag, man, they should be doing all the helping fund all the research into like, hey, man, after a game, this is the protocol. You go in, do this, do this, do this. Absolutely do not do these things and you'll be good. At least you have the info and we have the, the stuff in our facility to be able to manage this yeah you know because these guys like i think about a running back and i'm like dang it's a lot of shots to the head over every play and over and over yeah 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 not and it's like it always surprises me the nfl and things like that at you know it's like man what do you like I know you obviously think like oh we want to save money or whatever but it's like you got so much money you've done so many things like I think you could spare a little to go down that route Mm -hmm. right so it's interesting when they're just not willing to do that yep but it'll be it'll be crazy to see I wonder if that'll ever you know he's ever gonna like get that checked out I don't know. Someone should alert him to it. <laughs> hey, read this article on you. Dude. Yeah, dude. He's not. In the, he's not in the right headspace to All right. to be able to take that kind of like. Because it almost seems like it's accusatory, but it's actually less than that. It's like diff, It's much different. It's like no, like maybe this is a like you're lashing out because of these problems. I'm sure he knows he's doing incorrect things. That's why he keeps on apologizing. Yeah. So he knows that something wrong is going on. Yeah. But if he could have an explanation for it, or even a, a solve or a cure for it, man, yeah, it could be a big thing for him i always thought that when we were talking about that that one time i freaking passed out and yeah well i wanted you to tell that story too yeah uh well so first of all the cool thing to do in high school was for whatever reason get your ears pierced uh, <laughs> still got my holes in my ears <laughs> and so i was just jumping on the bandwagon and uh played basketball pe and went up for a rebound and someone else went up too, ripped it out and you know it was bleeding everywhere and i've always kind of been like a little had like a phobia needles you know you get lightheaded and uh, i remember i went to the locker room it was dripping blood and i was like trying to poke it back in and that was the last thing i remember and apparently i just passed out standing up like straight back boom head bounced off 
Not good. The, the cement floor. And uh, I guess like I woke up and the paramedics came. And like I remember people were telling me that um, how the, at first I had turned 18. <laughs> and they were like, are you 18? And I was like, no. And they're like, all right, then we can't let you walk out of here. We got to put you on a stretcher and take you out. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> and I was just like freaking out, like trying to wrestle anybody. And like, that's just not me. Yeah, for sure. Anyone who knows you. I was like, yeah, yeah, they don't think I'd cause a scene like that. And then, so I did that. I guess like people were like, I was just like, this is fucked up. This is bullshit. Just like freaking out. Um, and then I got to the hospital and I don't remember any of this. Got to the hospital. They did the their scan or whatever. Said it was just like a savage concussion. Um, and then... My parents took me, and I was like, I'm hungry. And uh, we went out to eat. And I'm hungry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we went out to eat, and I was like, what's this lady staring at? What's her problem? Like, causing scenes and, like, fights. And, like, and, like what is wrong with you? So it was, like, obvious, impulsive, uh, aggressive. And, uh, and how long did that last? Dude, that night, my mom gave me my phone, and uh, I was texting people. And I'd be like, what's the plan tonight? They'd be like, uh, we're doing this. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. What's the plan tonight? They're like, I just answered that. I think I was texting you at that time. Probably. Dude, the, I mean, that's the crazy thing about brain injuries. I remember we had a, remember we had a friend. Uh, I won't mention his name, but he got a concussion in a football game. And we had convinced him that we won the state championship for basketball. And it was football season. In high school? Yeah. He completely remembered it. He he got a really bad concussion. He got blown up. <laughs> and we were all texting him. And we had gotten him convinced. And he was, getting, he was believing it. He was like, oh, fine. he was finally in on it. Like, he wasn't like... It was very clear that he believed it. Wow. And he was like, oh, we won the state championship. Like, dude, you missed it. We won the state championship for basketball. And it was football season. And he was in the football game, and he was like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Dude. Like, <laughs> had no idea. And you always know that guy who's like, gets hit really hard. Uh, I can't remember what the... Was it Cowan? <laughs> no, it no. wasn't. No. Uh, who was it? It was Arp, dude. <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> I yeah. I don't remember that. I, I'm pretty sure it was. He did. I think I remember it. Yeah, it was like, up. it was. I think it was the same game that Louis broke his collarbone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got rocked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a that was an interesting uh, moment. But I remember I heard another like another NFL guy talking about. He was like, he's like I I got hit so hard, something something, and then he's like I walked over, sat down on the bench, and I just heard a voice go, "Get the fuck on your own side." He was like, I just sat down on the other team's bench, <laughs> didn't even know where I was at. I was like, had to jog over to their side. He kept on playing though. I was like, man, and you know, like I I've talked to some of the guys in the NFL and. They talk about how they're like, yeah, I have one documented concussion. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, I've probably had like 10 or 15, but like didn't tell anybody because you don't want to get taken out. Because yeah. like there goes your game or a couple, you miss a couple games, then you don't make this, this, and this. You can't make it's the draft, shine, like yeah. especially for like rookies in the league. Like they can't afford to miss practices. They can't afford to miss games. Or college, if you're on the bubble, they're getting drafted, like you said. People are always like, oh, yeah, man, there's in the NFL. Like people just get treatment for this. It's like, well, some of these guys, no matter what the injury, head injury, leg injuries, they're trying to hide some stuff because yeah. they don't want that out. 
because it puts them at risk of losing their job. Yeah. It's I mean, it's a dog eat dog world, man. I was going to say I don't know really what the answer is cuz I remember um and and on I always thought about it. You know, obviously I guess you'll never know, but I was always like, man, I wonder I wonder if I changed it all because of that head injury, you know. Mm-hmm. Like maybe mildly like something about me is different than it would have been. You know, that's crazy to think. I know. Um and it could, yeah, because we know that it can. Right. You just never. You just what? You can't like really figure that out. Yeah. This uh, guy who does the treatment, by the way, if you ever want to look into him, is uh, maybe I'll get it. Doctor Daniel Amen, Amen, A M E N, and he uh, owns Amen Clinics, and so they basically specialize in like all of that stuff. They like ha- he has like all the science behind it and all that stuff, and he does spect scans where he'll like, he scans the activation of your brain and then he does like, you know, specific, very specific regimens to improve. And then they, they do all this like, oh, you have to eat this much. You can't drink alcohol. You've got to sleep this much a day. And they prescribe this very specific program and then they do this spec scan again. Later on, they just see how the brain activity improves over time. And he wow. said, you can actually physically watch your brain heal from these things. Even if it's been a while since you've had it, you can still improve it. And uh, I was listening, the, where I heard him was a short story long with uh, Chris Paff, because I think Chris Paff was in a, I can't remember how he said he injured his head, skateboarding, Probably. hit his head really hard and was like like, like in a coma or some shit for like a few days and oh, like, wow. like serious, serious brain injury. And um, yeah, so this guy like specialized in like treating that, those things. Dang. Um, and his whole thing is like, a lot of behavioral and addiction type things can be traced back to even like mild brain injuries from like different things. Like, you know, even as a kid, like being a soccer player, yeah. taking all those headers, like that could impact you later on. And like, you're, you could have a propensity for addiction. Like that's his yeah. theory on things, I believe that. which is just an interesting thing because it's like, yeah, I could, I could believe it because like I injured my knee 10 years ago and it still impacts me to this day. Why can't a, a head injury still impact you to this day? Why do people just think that your brain is gonna be perfect or right. like return without ha- without doing anything for it? Right. Like that, or especially doing negative things to it, like drinking a bunch of alcohol yeah. all, all, every day or every couple of days, you know, or eating really bad food or not getting any sleep and just driving yourself into the ground. Right. So it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I I remember that that story I was telling you about that guy who like became a serial rapist what happened was he got a tumor that was like pressing oh, against yeah him. yeah yeah and i was like dang i think i have heard of that story now yeah i was like dang that's crazy like <laughs> like that could happen to literally anybody Be like yep. dude what the hell's wrong with you yeah you know i've actually heard some other some other things like that that happened like um like guys that were well that that reminds me of another thing, but uh, had a cyst in his brain or something like that, and like a similar thing happened where it was like a cyst was pressing on a certain thing, and he like became like some completely different altered person, like was super fit, and then like was like obese, and then like a bunch of other stuff changed in his life, and it was just like they removed the cyst, and he went like oh, right back to like exactly how he used to be. Yeah, it was just like the cyst had altered his his function for sure. It would be interesting, you know, if it becomes more. Uh available 
just to like continuously check people's brains. You yeah. Know? Okay. Like this shit messed up right here. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, there's so and many, how many people have it? And there's so many different things that can cause you to have it. And that the other interesting thing, this is kind of on the same topic, but it's a little bit different. Um, I was listening to a doctor and this kind of came into my world cause I was like, Oh, that's interesting. He, um, he was an orthopedic surgeon and he did hip replacements. And, um, he said, like, you know, every once in a while I get patients in and they seem like they had changed or whatever, like mentally, which was kind of weird to him. And then he had his own hip replaced. And he said, basically, over time, he started to decline mentally and they thought he was getting Alzheimer's to one point where he had a mental break in like a hotel room where he like doesn't remember it, but he drew with Sharpie and wrote on every single wall. This guy's like a very accomplished uh, orthopedic surgeon like very highly thought of in his field. He wrote line by line around this and spent all night and wrote around this whole thing, around this whole hotel room. And they like, finally some, somebody was like, this, this is not, this is not right. This guy is, was completely bright. Not that long ago. Turns out the dude had heavy metal poisoning from his hip replacement, rubbing the two parts together and deposited a ton of cobalt into his, into his body. And that, brain function was a result of metal heavy metal toxicity that's crazy and it complete and then he was like holy shit if this happened to me imagine all these people and then he started like his mission was like i'm no longer replacing hips i'm just going to go and look at everybody who's had their hip replaced that also now has alzheimer's and he like started doing metal heavy metal toxicity testing on people and he started finding that, and that's how that whole metal on metal thing came out, where they're like, "Dude, you can't replace hips anymore with metal on metal parts because this really bad stuff happens." So now they use you know ceramic and plastic, but it was like people were heavy metal poisoned, and they're like, "Yeah, it look," and people were just getting diagnosed and put into Alzheimer's clinics, memory care clinics, and no one ever treated them, and they're never going to clear that metal out of their body. Right. And now they're just succumbed to like, oh, they got really weird like rapid onset of Alzheimer's. But it wasn't Alzheimer's at all. It was a heavy metal poisoning. It's just, you know, it's interesting to think about that, like, no one had figured that out until it did. And just like we were talking about today, like, it sucks for the people. What, what were we talking about? It, was, it sucks for the people before, like, the that existed before tech, certain technologies. desks. Because... Yeah. They had to, they had to get all messed up for us to know that it messes you up. Yeah, and, yeah. That, and like that happens in everything. We're like, who knows? It could be with the cell phone. Like this could be radiating us right now, and yeah. we just don't have the tools to test the fact that it's radiating yeah. us until 50 years from now. This becomes a problem. Yeah. It's just like we didn't know that cigarettes were causing a problem until we did. So poor all those people who had to smoke for us to figure out that it was bad for us. Right. And same with the metal thing. It's like too bad for all the people who probably died in a memory care place. Because they had heavy metal poisoning, and we never realized that that was the problem. It was just like this person's life was ruined because of this, and now this guy's passion in life is to find people that this has happened to and stop it from happening. And that's the same with this brain stuff. I wonder if the research will push forward eventually to the point where it's like, whoa, we like really know the impact of this. Like, dude, maybe football shouldn't even exist. Or like, you should really know the risk of, football. and I love the sport of football. I never played it that much, but I love watching. I'm a big fan. Yeah. But like, at least you know the benefits and risks. Like it's very clearly stated on a pack of cigarettes that you could get cancer or you're probably going to get cancer and people know that and they still smoke still it. Do it. And on that back of alcohol, uh, like liquor containers, it has all those warnings. Uh, state of California, blah, blah, blah. And it says, 
you know, people still do it, but at least they'll know. Cause right now a lot of people are uneducated on what CTE causes. Yeah. So at least educate people on the potential and then, well, and also you'll know what to start looking for, you know, like you'll be able to say F- family, friends and spouses who are going to be the ones that have to make the diagnosis. Cause they're the ones that are around the people. Yeah. They'll be like, Oh yeah. We know all the things to look for with someone who's played this much football, yep. taking this many headshots. And that's always the that's always the interesting thing about reactive versus proactive medicine is like if you get a concussion, you go to the doctor. If it's a really minor one, the doctor might not be able to tell that you have anything wrong because they didn't get a CU baseline. They didn't get a C, and they're they're only spending ten minutes face to face. They don't get to see some of your weird behaviors. So they've got to rely on someone else being educated enough to find those symptoms. Yeah. And like I've even seen that with some of my patients, where like they were in MBA and their spouse is like, dude, they're like way more like irritable than ever. And I'm like, that is a symptom that you should not ignore right. because that is not normal. Like you don't get a car accident and just be pissed off all the time because of it yeah. or like have like outbursts or weird memory loss. Like that doesn't just, that's not just a normal thing to happen. So those are good things to educate people on. Hey, if you notice these symptoms after you've been in a car accident, you should get something, you should get looked at and get these type of treatments. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's, I, I was just trying to think of like, you know, if, if people really did know what, happens with um football if that would really change much because it's like i think people i think it's clear people know that boxing will mess you up but it's still a thing you think you think if the evidence was clear out there football would go away no it wouldn't which that's where i think people are scared of the risk of it going away they're like oh but maybe people like me like the maybe the pool of people that play would be smaller like i probably wouldn't let my kids play until they had uh, you know the ability to actually make their own choice which unfortunately is 18 and like the problem is like you can't let a 12 year old go hey if my kid wants to play he wants to play he doesn't understand those risks right. that's like your job as a parent to interpret the, those risks and then explain it to them and say hey this is why I said no right. because here's this person who's really really bad off because they played and I tell parents that all the time because people ask me that a lot now. Hey, would you let your kids play football or do you think I should let them play football? I'm like, well, they're probably not going to the NFL. Like, there's, I mean, I don't know your kids. I've never seen them athletically. Were you in the NFL? Yeah. So <laughs> if the, they weren't, the, the likelihood that they're going to go to the NFL is low. Yeah. They could go to college and get a scholarship. That could be nice for the money. So if, if they really need it that way, but that's still a small likelihood. So do you want to risk the potential ben- the potential downsides of a head injury on them stopping playing football in junior in junior high or high school because they don't like it anyway? That's why I think peewee football is kind of not great because you're exposing kids that are un- in the key developmental stages of their life to high impacts and people are like, "Oh, they don't even they aren't that strong so they can't hit each other hard." It's like that's not even the problem. It's the problem that their neck can't support the helmet, and when they fall back, their head hits the ground every time. Like it's not good to repeatedly hit your head on the ground. It's not even them hitting each other, which still, because their brain is still in development, is probably more sensitive to those impacts. But when they fall down and they hit their head, then that's even more problematic. So I always tell people like, "Hey, why don't you let them play flag football? 
They'll learn the fundamentals of the game of football. They'll learn how to catch. They'll learn how to throw. They won't learn how to tackle, but you can also teach them later on heads up tackling. There's plenty of kids who have learned how to tackle in when they're 16, and they can tackle fine. You don't have to tackle from the time you're 10 to be good at tackling. Um, but then you actually figure out they like football before you expose them to the brain injury part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like right now I'm what I say is like, hey, I'm glad I never took any of those headshots in football. Cause I didn't, I went to school for track and I got my school. Like those literally would have been besides the fun of playing the game, which is an important part of it. Yeah. Like I would have just been exposed to different injuries that I didn't need to be exposed to. Right. So it's like all what you want to manage your risk to. Yeah. I think, I mean, to a degree you could kind of make that argument just for playing sports though. You know? But I could live without with a knee injury, man. Right. There's knee replacements. But There's, you were just saying it, it affects your life. Yeah. And that, but I think that, I, and this is me personally, I'd rather have any physical ailment than a mental ailment. Yeah. I've always told people I'd rather, I'd rather get a spinal cord injury than a brain injury. Because at least I can think and do things. I'd way not want to impact my ability to think. Because that's now what I use quite a bit, you know. Even though my job is my body, I'd figure out something else. Yeah. But like my knee, shit. Over time, like you know, I do exercise. It doesn't bother me that much. But what about what about this idea then? That do you think? Would you say that a kid should play sports versus shouldn't? I think that people should do some type of athletic endeavor because I think it sets healthy lifestyle things, especially if you're playing at a fairly low level, like you're doing something like track, like there's not a whole lot of risk of like irreversible damage unless you're pole vaulting, you know, like you're just like, Hey, let's you're running a mile or the 800. You learn how to consistently work out. You learn some benefits of exercise. You get some of the camaraderie stuff that dedicate like all the other benefits of sports. I'm a huge proponent of sports. It's just what sport are you doing? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sign my kid up for boxing. Well, I'm just thinking of like, you know, like, uh, you and I, like, I mean, we're healthy, but there's, like we said, there's certain things that are, like, a little messed up because of certain yeah. ways. Like, I wish my ankle wasn't as bad as my ankle is, and that was because of basketball. Yeah. But I, if I would have gotten the treatment I needed on it and rehabbed it properly the first couple of times, it probably wouldn't happen as many times as it did. Yeah. So it's also about, like, educating people on the fact that like once something is injured you should address it and take care of it and not just like hope it goes away because right. it will impact you down like it feels like it heals but nothing heals the same as it was pre-injury nothing so it's like you can't tear a muscle and it doesn't reheal with muscle it heals with scar tissue like it's not going to be the same strength and durability right. you're more vulnerable in that area now people don't like to hear that like once you've had an injury you've got some type of vulnerability there just it is what it is but like I said, I'd rather have an ankle injury than a head injury. So at the end of the day, I'd rather have played basketball than taking some shots to the head playing football. Right. But I was just thinking, like, you know, I have some clients who just weren't athletes growing up, didn't do many sports, yeah. and they they seem like uh, they don't have a lot of those, like, ailments you know like certain mm -hmm. things that hurt and oh yeah and then i was just like huh yeah maybe never, that is like a it's interesting they've never felt like pain to certain extents yeah right and i was like i guess you could kind of say like 
That's good. But at the same time, too, you know, just like there's so many things in all sports that I still like think about or had fun with. Like there's yeah. so many good times. See, and that's the thing. Like the only thing I like, I don't even really wish my knees were that much better because they're fine. I can manage my ankle is really what limits. Would be completely different what, what, what limits. Yeah. And like it was worth it because it's just yeah. lower body injuries. Yeah. At the end of the day, I can get through and I know what I can do to, to fix or to manage the things. And you know, like you said, you know what you could have done. Which yeah, could the, help somebody and else. The, yeah, and the brain injury part is the one that I'm like, that would be the one I might regret. Like if if you you know if you if there was some way to test and you're like, dang man, like my performance mentally, my memory, my mood, and all that stuff was heavily impacted by those years of playing football. You might go, dang, I, I wish I wouldn't have played that sport. But yeah. I don't go. I don't say to myself, I wish I wouldn't have run track in college because I got two knee surgeries. Like I'm left with those, but it was the trade-off was fun. I got paid. My college was paid for. I had a ton of fun on the track team. Yeah. It was worth it. I got injured. Like that's part of the that's part of the game. Like and it's also it, part of life. There are a lot of people who get knee injuries that didn't play sports. Like trip down a thing or you know slip down some stairs or whatever. You know, it's like yeah. it could have happened anywhere. So I'm glad it happened when I was doing something I loved and that I was getting paid to do. The head injury it would change the game for me though. Yeah. It'd be like, ah oh, man, I don't know if that that's worth any amount of money. Right. Yeah, if it's gonna change who you are. Yeah, because uh, who knows with the orthopedic injuries, ten years from now there could be some advancements in medical stuff, stem cells coming along, things that you know, hey, let's just regrow grow some cartilage, blah blah blah, your problem's fixed. Maybe that'll come along with brain injury and we won't have to worry about it. Hopefully they'll come out with something that really treats that. But right now it's like, that's like a hard area to heal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, uh, it, it's interesting. Like with boxing, you know, probably a lot of people were boxing and then they started to realize, Oh yeah, this is kind of crazy. Uh, and so I think maybe, and now, you know, it, it almost is like, um, just kind of an inner city thing mm-hmm. at this point. So I wonder if football kind of like it's definitely gonna change the demographic of, and unfortunately, it's like, well, everybody should just be educated on it. But I feel like people, there are certain groups of people that are gonna miss out on the education. It's like robbing that. a bank. People will take that risk, yeah, to get the payday. You know, it's like, yeah, shoot, like, take the risk of a headshot. Yeah, if I if this is my chance, or people play. underestimate. Like I hear people all the time who are not experts in the field, like just ran, random parents are like, "Oh, it's they're just that's just all BS." Like they're fine. I played football and I'm fine. Yeah. Like, well, maybe you played a position that didn't take a lot of hits, dude. This kind of reminds me of when we were talking about like getting in fights and stuff. Like, this is another reason I'm like, I don't need to be in a bar getting in a fight with someone. Mm-hmm. You take a blindside or someone hits you with an object. That could be just as bad of a hit on your brain too. Mm-hmm. For what you know, so that's yeah. why I'm like, man, I don't, I don't need to prove something and just get you know taken out like that. Like that would be terrible. Yeah. So no, I actually it. treated a guy. I actually treated a guy that got in a fight with his brother just over ran, something random at a, like at a, at a they're having like a football day at their house, and. Um, the guy got mad. The guy's brother got all pissed off. Their art got hot about something. And when the guy turned around, he picked up a bottle and threw it, but it hit him in the back of the head. 
and it gave him a permanent brain injury. Dude can't feed himself, can't bathe himself, can't change his own clothes. He's in a wheelchair, can't walk because he got hit in the back of the head just right with a with a big ass bottle. Wow. Yeah, thrown across the room. And you just never know. Well, and I was like, that's not like something I heard. Like I treated this guy. Well, and also getting in a fight, even in the other direction. What if I was the one who won the fight and I did that to somebody? Like God, like yeah. I don't need, I don't hate, I feel any certain way that I need to do that to somebody. And that would be the worst to live. But with. I think the problem is the the guy who threw the bottle probably felt terrible. Exactly. Afterward, because he didn't know the ramification of like. You see it on movies, like, oh, this guy broke a bottle over his head. Like, yeah. that'd be friggin' funny. Like, it's gonna Probably hurt. It's gonna, gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt him. But it's like, it's like when you punch someone in the face, you're like, oh, I'm just punching them in the face. It'll heal. But it's like, you don't realize that you could actually brain injure someone by punching them in the face. Exactly. And that's like an over, that's like a, a small percentage chance probably from a normal punch. But like, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. And so you could alter someone's life or your life could be altered very quickly. And that's why the brain is a sensitive thing. And, I mean, people take one shot in football, man. One shot to the head. I remember. And and they're brain, and they're brain injured. It's weird because I remember when I was coming up playing football, it was all about, like, you always heard the stories about the people getting paralyzed. Yep. You know, and that was always, like, you have mm-hmm. to be careful of that. So, like, that was always the worry. And that was more of the worry back then was, like, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to let my kid play. I don't want to. I want him to be able to walk. Mm-hmm. And, but it was never like, yeah, I don't want you to, you know, get a brain injury. Yep. But it's weird that that was never a thought. Yep. You know, because like there, there was a there was a kid. Um, he was around here, I believe. Or stringer. Was that the one that got hit? Twi- he got concussed. No, I'm thinking of a high school kid, I think. Uh-oh. Kid that was from UD or from I think he was from Washington. Got a concussion. Went back in the game and got a second concussion. You know, second concussion syndrome. That's how like they came out with the concussion protocols. Uh-huh. Yeah. Second hit syndrome, second impact syndrome is like major. So that's where they came out with all those protocols. Like people, are like oh, you have to. People are parents in high school are all pissed about their kid. Like, oh, you're holding my kid out because you. It's like, dude, you of all people, you should be the most protective person of your kid. He just got a head injury. He came up woozy. Hello. You put him in the game, and he's already got like some swelling around his oh. brain. He takes another hit. That's game over. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's. And the crazy thing is, like, I know that you know that mentality where it's like I don't want to come out or I don't want to like give up my spot or things like that but yeah man I'm just glad I'm not in that position anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> to sure. prove anything like that yeah yeah man cause it is it's like shoot alright I'm injured but if I sit out I might not get to play anymore I want to play I gotta figure it out yeah man I mean yeah, it's it's too it's too risky. Yeah, man. Like th- this kid. Yeah, this kid. I, I was just reading here. Yeah, man. Just two two times got hit in the head, and he just uh, he died died from it. Yeah. Oh, shit. From but here. There's athletes too. I I remember I was at something. I was at 
it was like in high school they had a, a guy who come and talk about that I can't remember I think maybe he came to Kent Lake but it was like the guy it was like now like uh, cognitively heavily cognitively impaired now because he had two back-to-back concussions in high school playing football yeah it's not it's not fun yeah we've been knocked out cold one time doing what I got no I got hit in the head by a baseball I was a pitcher and they 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 did the they uh hopefully I don't have any impact from that I don't remember now <laughs> but uh, I was like a little league and this kid was batting he was like way too big for his age hit it right back at you yeah except they had the they the refs had put the wrong ma- uncovered the wrong mound so I was also like 10 feet closer to the plate and I was like dude this is weird like I'm I've pitched before I was like this is way too close <laughs> And I p- delivered him a fastball. As soon as I like let it go, and I was like looking at it, he fired it straight back, and it hit me right in the forehead. And it actually broke the bill of my hat. It hit so hard, it broke my bill, like snapped it, and it put a the the stitching for the it. baseball, stitching for the baseball is in my forehead. Oh my That's how hard it hit me. Boom! Blacked out. Woke up. I was laying flat on the dugout bench. I was wondering about that baseball stuff too. When someone gets hit in the head like a hundred mile per hour fastball, dude. When I got drilled, I didn't have a helmet on. Obviously, I was pitching in a hat, so like that thing knocked me out cold. If it hit you in like the temple or something, like, yeah, dude. I remember I had a headache for days after that. <laughs> after that shot to the head, I always forget about that. About that hit, I hit my head quite a bit though. As a kid, man, I was a skateboarder uh-huh. and I was a BMX rider. Hit a couple jumps the bike slides out from under you or you land off a jump on a skateboard and the skateboard slides out on you and you go back and hit your head on the cement. Yeah. Then in the 90s, we weren't wearing helmets. No. No. Dude, think about this. I don't snowboard anymore. Uh, I used to go up and snowboard. That's another one of those risk-reward kind of things where I like had to quit in college because it, like we weren't allowed to really. And I was like, oh, you know, if I get hurt, like some girl on our team got uh, ACL tear doing skiing. Like no more skiing, so I like quit, and I never went back to it. Cause like, you know, it's it's fun, it's really fun. Like I loved snowboarding, but it's not worth me like breaking my leg, cause that's gonna cost a lot of money. People don't realize the cost of an injury is like, you know, well, that's gonna be a ten thousand dollar injury. Yeah. Plus, you're not gonna be able to work, so you're, you're gonna lose money there. Yeah. So, it uh, that's an interesting thing. But like all those times, I've you know, I've hit my head snowboarding too, and but like you go up to the mountain back in the nineties, no one had helmets. Really. Like you were, I was always like, oh, those nerds with the helmets on. Like you'd every once in a while see a person with a helmet. And now everyone wears a helmet when you're up there. Everyone. And it's like, you used to go to the skate park. Well, when I used to go to the skate park back in the late 90s, early 2000s, no one at the skate park was wearing helmets on cement pipes. Now you go to the skate park and it's like cool to wear helmets. But it's because the X Games like and the Olympics started forcing people to wear helmets. Right. And so it became a cool thing, like where you saw Tony Hawk wearing a helmet now. Like, oh, okay, this is actually like, this is what skateboarders do. Whereas like the old street skateboarders never wore helmets, so you didn't see them on videos doing that. So you were like, oh, I don't wear a helmet. That guy didn't wear a helmet. I was like, I never wore a helmet when I rode my bike when I was a kid either. And I slammed all the time. Boom. Luckily, sometimes I had a strong enough neck to not hit my head on the ground. But yeah, man. Yeah, wearing a helmet's important for sure. That's one of those things you got to go through it and to, <laughs> before people think it's important. 
Yeah, the helmet campaign didn't come out heavy until after I was so through like that. like seatbelts, dude. <laughs> yeah, some poor soul had to go through a couple windshields. <laughs> to, to like, to, we like, just strap ourselves down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good God. We just not good when we get an accident this guy's flying around the cab like a freaking projectile <laughs> missile. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever seen those videos of like what happens when one guy's not? That's why I always make sure that when I'm in a car with people, they're also strapped in. Because yeah. people always think that like, Oh, like I get to choose if I put my seatbelt on. It's not, it's not you that's getting injured. It's like, well, actually it is. If you watch the crash test videos of the one guy who's not strapped around, he flies around the car like a freaking projectile yeah. hitting his head into other people's heads. Like I've seen those slow motion crash tests where it's like, this guy's just bouncing around the car hitting people, <laughs> kicking people in the head. I'm like, no way. Yeah. If I get in an accident, everyone's strapped down. We're all staying where we are. You're not going past me through the windshield. Yeah. And it's crazy because that actually happens. I mean, when yeah, I when Eliza was in New Mexico as a speech pathologist, she saw a lot of kids who were ejected from cars through the front windshield. There are still people getting ejected from cars. You're like, how could you fit out? It's like, it just happens. Yeah. You go out that gap, man, you're gone. Physics, yeah. And it actually, people can be, a, like it sounds like a cartoon, but people get ejected from vehicles. Going that fast, man. Just hit something and just fly. Your body's going out the window. Like, that's crazy, but it happens. Yeah. yeah. No. Wear your seatbelt. Wear your helmet. Yeah. Be careful about head injuries. And if you have a head injury, or, go, see, go see somebody. And don't just go see your GP. Nothing against GPs. But you got to see someone who, who specializes. And there's a lot of people out there now that are specializing in minor traumatic brain injury. People don't think of concussions as a brain injury. But a concussion is categorized as a mild traumatic brain injury. That's what it is. So you've got to go see someone who specializes in that because sometimes these symptoms are hard to pick up. Yeah. There's very specific testing that needs to go on. Sometimes there's scans that need to go on. But it's worth for your brain health. Like you got one brain and it, it's not getting any better if you start damaging it. Uh, you got to go get it checked. Dude, I think that's a whole podcast in itself that we can bring value to is like people um, – going and seeing the right person for the issue like yeah who do you see that it like if this happens who do you go see because everyone is just going to go to their doctor and if nothing against the doctor like you said you've got to have a really good relationship some people have a really good relationship with their gp where they've seen them a lot their gp is very reactive and there are great general practitioners out there but if your general practitioner is just like hey i go to urgent care when i need somebody that's not a good place because they're just dealing with a lot of volume of people that they'll never see again, most people. So they're just trying to get you like the fastest fix that can help you. And then they say, go see someone else. Dude, so, did I ever tell you that story when I had that almost died? Of, I had that heart infection in college. Yeah, remember man, that? I, I vaguely remember that. Man. So I, uh, I had, I got tonsillitis and basically the infection spread to my heart. And I was she had like, like a pericarditis or something like that. Is that what they called it? I don't like remember. the pericardial sac around your heart was inf- was inflamed and yep. infected. Yeah, and it literally felt like I was having a heart attack. Like it was like chest pains. Yeah, and I was like, I, I think I went like two days where I was just like dealing with it, and eventually like it hurt so bad I started throwing up. I was like, I, I was like Eric Fisher was my roommate. And I was like, bro, I was like. I was like, you gotta take me to the hospital, man. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. But before I did that, I went to the uh, the whatever 
college campus the health, nurse. The health urgent care or the college urgent care. Dude, they gave me uh, they gave me Pepto Bismol <laughs> and said I was having uh, acid reflux. Yeah. God damn it, I dude! I killed my ass. Dude, that I mean, listen, I have had acid reflux, and I know <laughs> this is not it. And I was just those like, are the kind of things that I want people to go back and be like, listen. And tell that doctor, True, man. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that these doctors need to know. And that's the problem with some of the urgent care docs that are out there. No one's going back and telling them, dude, you told me this and you fucking did this. Wrong. Just like my athletic trainers never got to figure out that they told me that I strained my calf and I had really torn off the cartilage of the back of my kneecap. Not even close. Same thing happened to Eliza. She, was, she had pneumonia, a really bad pneumonia. And she went to a doctor, a general practitioner, She's like, I can't even breathe. Like, And then she's like, you know, I have asthma. I need a different asthma medication or something's going on. He's like, no, you don't even have asthma. It's just in your head. <laughs> she's like, I've been diagnosed with asthma for like my whole life. He's like, no, you don't even have asthma. You're fine. Like, just go home. Like, you're you're just, it's just all in your head. And she had a, she had a, a, a pneumonia. I know she won't mind me talking about this because it was really a, like, this is a good learning example. This doctor was like, Clear as day, nothing is wrong with you. You're fine, go home. She had a, a pneumonia that took like six months, three courses of steroids, four different antibiotics to try to clear up. Jeez. And this guy, this is the kind of doctor that shouldn't even have a license right. in my eyes. If you're gonna if you're gonna be that clear cut that you're not even gonna recommend they go see somebody, like yeah. what is it to you if they go see a pulmonologist? They're saying they can't breathe. Right. That doesn't make any sense like this. When you go and you have complaint of chest pain, I guarantee you if you went to an ER of a good hospital, you're first in line now when you say you have chest pain. Boom, you're to the back. Like, oh, shit. Like, this is not something to mess around with is yeah. not chest pain, especially pericarditis that can move very quickly and can kill you. Dude, they were like, they are like, all right. we they, Like, when I did go to the ER, they were like, so we got a couple options. We may have to crack your chest open and I operate. And they're like, we're going to know in the next couple hours. I was like, holy shit. Like, it was moving crazy. And these motherfuckers are giving me Pepto-Bismol. Like, I remember taking it. I was like, listen, I got to leave. Like, if this is all we can do here, like, I'm about to pass out. So. But but, did you go straight from that urgent care to the ER? Yeah. So you did it. And that's why like, you can't mess around. Dude, doctors are humans, and some of them are idiots. Right. There are people, everyone in, there's a person in every field that's an idiot yeah. or doesn't care or doesn't do their job well. Right. And like, don't trust your health the first time on somebody, especially if you have that feeling like you had innately in your body. Like, no, something is feels actually like wrong here. Right. Let me go figure this out. Like, don't okay. stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I think. I think like with that doctor with Eliza, it's like you should never just say that. You should say like, "Listen, I don't see anything, but you know, here's maybe a path." Like if you really feel this way, right? Like it shouldn't just be like, "Yeah, here it is." Like I'm 100% right because even with with us, it's like I don't necessarily. I'm not going to tell you this is 100% what it is. Like maybe it's that thing. Like yeah. if you don't have every if you don't have a view, if you don't have all in, people, but people don't want to admit when they don't know what's going on, especially people that are in the position of like a medical doctor yeah. where they're very trusted. 
people want to come out. It's like there's this term in medicine. It's like sometimes wrong, but never in doubt. That's actually like a medical thing that they teach them. It's like that is not a great approach for something that's life and death. Right. Sometimes wrong, but never in doubt. Yeah. That is like I'm like okay, that makes sense for like other applications. But, like, there's a lot of applications where that is not good. Right. And I think medicine seems like one of them, like, where it's like, fake it you make it is cool unless it's, like, a freaking heart condition that could kill somebody. Yeah. And that's how you get sued for negligence. Like, it's like, if you don't see it, everything, or you don't see anything, but they're still complaining about something, like, okay, I don't have an answer, but. You got to go find it's it. because practitioners get jaded, man. Yeah. They get jaded by seeing things over and over and over. Oh, I've seen this before. Oh, this guy's just complaining. He's got really bad. He's got really bad uh, as reflux. I've seen this before. It feels like chest pants right in the middle. It's like, well, maybe not. Have you ever had something like this before? No. Do you have any history of acid reflux? No. Have you? Like, okay, maybe this is an acid reflux. Or then just go down the route the next route. Like- and that was the same thing that happened to me with – with my knee condition when I injured my knee and jumped the whole season with floating cartilage in my knee. And they told me that it was a calf injury. They didn't have the humility to refer me over to a, an orthopedic surgeon who literally within three minutes of talking to him, he hadn't even looked at my knee. I told him what the symptoms were and how it happened. He knew exactly the injury. Exactly. Yeah. He could have saved me six months. Right. But instead, I jumped a whole season. I wasted a whole season jumping on an injured knee because someone didn't have enough humility to send me to someone that actually knew what they were talking about. Yeah. And that's something that it's I... humility, man. I was going to say, I try my hardest to just, like, not, like, we've talked about it, like, not be someone who needs to be, like, the best. Like, I just want the best result for you. And yeah. if I don't happen to be able to do that right now, like... At the end of the day, I people, would just rather you get... That's not what people want. People don't want you to be the expert. They want you to. They want you to tell them something that you actually know. They don't want you to make something up or act like you know when you don't. Like right. I don't want my dentist to make something up about my tooth. Like, hey, if you don't know, refer me over to this other person who is a specialist in this area. Because there's nothing I don't think wrong with that. On you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I'm like, oh, dude, you can't do gums here. The hell's wrong what do you what do you mean you can't do gums? Like I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me that you don't know, and I'm gonna go see this person who does know. Yeah. I think people appreciate that like even more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think people appreciate that more. Just like when I got my root canal that one time, he was like, I don't do root canals. I don't specialize. This guy does. Went to him. He was like a real specialist. Freaking had the best experience ever. I'm like, dude, now I love my dentist. I like this end endodontist. A big happy thing going on here. Yep. As opposed to the other situation with Eliza, where it's like. Now she'll never go back to that doctor and she should go tell him like, Hey, by the way, I had, and I had this, this, and this, and that's, that happened to me too with that spinal doctor when I was a kid, man, when I had those fractures, that doctor was like, did you have the back of an 80 year old guy? You should quit and join the debate team. After my mom sent him a letter that had like my scholarship in it said, Hey, by the way, that was just inflammation that you saw in those joints. That's what this other doctor told me. He had this, these two fractures completely healed, and now he's a scholar athlete. Because that doctor, no, I don't, I don't think so. He just mailed it to him. It's like, but that doctor need to know that, man. Right. That's an ego check for that guy. Yeah. And I hope if I ever do that, someone else check. If I ever do that to someone, someone checks my ego. Right. It hurts. Hurts at the time. It's like, dang, man, dang. You don't need to be like super aggressive about it, but like, 
that that primary care doctor that told Eliza that she had didn't even not only didn't have anything wrong with her, but she also didn't have asthma, which is a lifelong condition that she's been treated for mm-hmm. with multiple asthma and allergy specialists that have told her that she has severe asthma. It's like how how much more wrong can you get where you not only tell someone the wrong thing, but you try to overwrite someone else that, yeah. you know, it's like, what's the point? I, I uh, like, no, I mean like, what's that guy? Like, I don't even know what thought has to go through your head to do that. And, but even like with the people that I saw, it's a good idea to do that because maybe they just didn't have any idea. Maybe they literally never, I'd never heard of a condition like I had. So it'd be like, Hey, next time you see this, like, this is a learning experience. Think a little bigger, yeah. yeah. Hey, whoever you gave me Pepto, yeah, <laughs> I, I had a heart infection. Yeah. They were almost gonna break my rib cage open. Yeah, like, and then the doctor maybe go, "Oh shit!" Like, because that would be a scare right there. Like, dang, I'd be like, and maybe for the next couple of years they'd go overboard on sending people in. Hundred percent. But that's one of those things. It's like, uh, in in medicine and things like that, we talk about false negatives and false positives. There are certain conditions. Where like you would rather send someone to a specialist for a false positive than like ignore it, you know? Because like in that case, the like if they if they're like they, someone did have a acid reflux when they came in and the guy was like, oh dude, you might have a heart infection. At least it's a false positive that errs on the side of caution yeah. instead of the false negative. Which in that case, he's like, no, you definitely don't have this. That's a false negative. They don't even look for the condition. Yeah. And then it it's a, ends up being a killer condition. Right. That's like, what you don't want to err on the side of of danger yes. in medicine. No. Yeah. So. Interesting. Interesting stuff, man. It is. Hopefully, I, I think that could help one person out there that's listening. Because... Just, Guarantee this has happened to a lot of people. If it's happened to you, it's happened to me twice. A couple, probably more than that than I've even thought of. Yeah. Happened to my wife. It's happened to everybody, man. And you just got to be aware of it. And and that's why I think second opinions are super, super important. Especially in like maybe it's like oh you sprained your ankle. This PT wants to do this treatment. You don't maybe need a second opinion on that. Right. But if it's like, dude, this surgeon wants to replace your knee. Maybe you should grab a second opinion, yeah. Because I've seen a lot of different differing opinions, and uh, and a second opinion will cost you a little bit of money, but it might save you a lot in the end. Yeah. Or so. if that person is kind of like, yeah, I think it's this, and you don't really believe it, or yeah. you don't, you have heard other, like, keep asking around. You yeah. Know? Don't just give up. Right. Cool. Hope it does help, and. Uh, Keep your head safe. Yeah. (laughs) Wear your seatbelt. Yeah, that too. Don't fly out of any windows.